0: Dear ones, you're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia. Christ is risen. Indeed, He is risen.
1: We have somebody in the office next to us was so like, Well, I don't want them to hear Him talking.
0: Oh, that's a good point. We're
1: still in person.
0: Still, why are we still in person, Father Michael? Because that's so Cause weird. Because you I missed your supposed... flight like
1: four days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sister, you need to get to the airport before ten minutes beforehand. <laughs> LA- right. LAX is a lot bigger than whatever Podunk Amish airport you fly out of in uh, in Ohio. They don't,
0: they don't know, Amish airports. That's <laughs> that's so
1: uh, counterint-
0: oxymoronic. I crack myself it. up. I
1: know oxymoronic. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Kind of. I think of. it's
0: oxymoronic. Yeah it
1: doesn't doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to actually explain why I'm here uh, a week after I was supposed to be? Because
1: my man called.
0: Yeah, we were <laughs> Oh man, I was. We recorded last Monday, and I was so. Um, like I was really teasing you about how whiny you were being about your man cold cuz men do get whiny about their man colds. So they have videos on this and they they're very accurate and funny. And um
1: What's the videos it does is there cursing or something can we recommend it?
0: No, yeah, there's no cursing. It's okay. um Just
1: Google you,
0: Just Google YouTube, man, man cold. cold. Yeah, it's it's something. It's a it's a BBC. No, not BBC. I don't know. It's something, but it's a uh, it's pretty funny. One but, of those
1: British accents. Yeah, to New Zealander, or Englander, or Irelander, or <laughs> Australia.
0: Um, the but, anyways, we we're I was teasing you about your man cold, although you're the one who started it, and then, and then that night you tested positive for COVID.
1: Yappers,
0: awkward.
1: After having almost none of the symptoms, I thought were the only symptoms, mm-hmm. like high fever, like lack of taste and smell. I had all those things. I had none of those things. I had all those. I
0: you had none of those. I, you I had, had none, none of those symptoms. None of
1: those lax and none of those high fever. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, and uh, and we realized a lot was going to change if I was going to be positive because you and I were hanging out for days. Yeah. And then uh, and you were supposed to leave the next day. Uh-huh. And then I had just finished up a weekend of liturgies.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I was had to tell everybody, and so yeah, and then that's what happened.
0: Yeah, so for the last week we've been, well, you've been in your your ten day quarantine
1: ended yesterday.
0: Uh huh. So I so we've been distancing ever since you got the positive test, which has been really sad. Um, I mean, it's also sad that you have COVID, but also sad that I can't hug you. Um, but then you finished your quarantine yesterday, and so today we're doing another episode.
1: Yeah, and we'll hopefully record a bunch in a row because certain members of our uh, extended. Uh, what God is not family, are going to be having major lifestyle changes soon because of baby?
0: Oh, yes.
1: So anyway, I want to get a bunch done for Steve's sake because (laughs) his wife's going to be giving birth soon and uh, we don't want him having to um, catch up a bunch of uh, mixing and recording and things like that. And I'm still here
0: for a few more days because even though you're done with your quarantine... I had to do, you, so this is, it's just so strange because you had COVID and so you had to do a 10 day quarantine from first yeah. symptoms. I was exposed and so I have to quarantine for 14 days after exposure, so.
1: And by yeah. the way, she tested negative.
0: Oh yes, so, I've um, tested negative multiple times.
1: sister didn't have it, neither did Father Nathan and his family. Not a single person of mine I think I gave it to. Um, anyway, I think I know where I got it from. Um, I, won't, I won't say on the podcast. That's nice of you. Because I, as I told them, I was like, you know, they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, dude, totally worth it. Like, I, I didn't get anybody else sick. By the way, like my, the form mine took was sheer exhaustion for like four days in a row. That was that's, and then the, like and just body aches, body aches, some congestion, some definitely brain fog. But I should attribute should that to the exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't. It, it was. It was like a. It was like a. It was like a fever. A little bit worse than a fever, and for a little bit longer than a fever, mm-hmm. and then now I'm still like not quite myself, even after ten days. So, anyway, yeah, it's it's nothing, nothing you would want. But my my version, thank God, wasn't as bad as as other people's has been. I, I never felt like out of breath or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That would have been. I remember thinking when I first got it, I was like, that would be like I I think I think the one of the worst ways for me to die would be drowning, but like not drowning, but just somehow.
0: Not being able
1: to breathe. Drowning wouldn't be that bad because it's quick. If it was exactly wow. if I like died of asthma, that that would be, or like just long periods of not being able to breathe, that mm-hmm. would be. I, I'm pretty cool, comma, collective. collected. But I think if I if I couldn't breathe, I would. I'd. It's almost like a, To me it feels like, um, what's the word oh, when you're when you're afraid of small spaces? Um, claustrophobic. Thank you. Like I'm, I'm I get claustrophobic and I get that panic,
0: uh-huh.
1: and I don't panic that often. But like claustrophobia will, will make me panic, and I think. I imagine like not being able to breathe would make me mm-hmm. panic as well.
0: Well, there's also, I'm sure, sh- I'm sure that's true, but there's also something about the, the lack of oxygen to the brain. Um, so I remember there've been a couple times I've had an asthma attack. And um, one time it was fairly recently. It was just a couple years ago. I had an asthma attack at the monastery. I was out for a run. I didn't have my inhaler with me and I like make it back to the monastery and, and I, I can't breathe and I'm trying so hard to breathe. And I like, but I also, the oxygen, I, I, I'm not getting the oxygen to my brain in. So I can't even think clearly anymore at this point. And I'm like looking for my poor parents have never heard this story. They're <laughs> it for the first time on the podcast. So I'm like looking for my inhaler and I can't, like, I can't find it because I just can't remember where I put it. Oh. And so I like, I like get to Mother Ileana's door, Mother Eliana's door, and I like sit on the floor and I knock on her door. And um, she comes out. She sees I can't breathe. She runs and gets her inhaler, <laughs> and she gives it to me. But I like I can't even use the inhaler. Like I'm not strong enough to oh, push wow. the. So she like, um, and so she like holds it up and and like um, helps me use the inhaler. Um, but. It was, uh, but like, it's, yeah, it's scary. It's scary to just not be able to breathe, you know? It's, I've, I, the other experience I've had of this is when I was really young and I remember I got pulled down by, by a tidal wave um, when I was at the beach and, um, and it pulled me under and um, tidal wave, is that the right, I don't know if that's the right word. Big wave. I don't know. It was the tide, though, that pulled me under. Is what I mean. Oh. Um, not I, a tidal wave, but like the tide pulled me under. I know what you're talking um, about. Yeah. And and I got I got stuck under and and just like caught in the water and couldn't get up. And it was um, mm. I remember that being very scary as well.
1: That's that was the first time I ever thought I was going to die. I think I told that story where I was in the wave pool in Albuquerque. No. And I got thrown, I was like 10, I got thrown off my, my tube. It was like day one or two of the beach water park opening. I got thrown off my tube and I went under the water and I was like, this is fine. I came up, but I could not get to the service because there were so many people in there that were kicking.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: like, I kept like, going to kick down and down and down and down until I finally, I think I've shared this before on one of the podcasts, but um, I finally just was like, I'm going to die. And I remember like intentionally like taking my last breath. Of, like, and just gonna die. Cause I, I thought that there's no way. Like, I tried to get up five or six times. Wow. I was completely out of breath. And I I went, I went and like closed, just closed my eyes and I just like went to breathe in like a pretty for a ten year old thinking yeah. was about to die I was I was in a pretty calm mindset but I was like oh this is it I'm about to die and I remember like <gasps> taking and my lungs my lungs obviously filled with air uh-huh. and I looked around I was like surrounded by the yellow and it was my tube uh-huh. I literally popped up like the last time oh, in the man. in the tube I I got on the tube I I I ran out of the Wave pool, what running back? I like caught my breath, went running back to wave pool and dragged my brother Sean like out of the water. He's <laughs> like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Dude, this is gonna kill us." I just like in my mind, I was yeah. like, "I need to save my brother from this horrible, horrible thing." But yeah, that was like the first time I thought, "Oh, I'm about to die." But I was like pretty, pretty cool, calm, collected about the whole thing too. Until, <laughs> until, I, until I realized how dangerous when I remember my brother was out there, yeah. and anyway, then I kind of panicked. But yeah, anyway. But
0: you didn't have trouble breathing with COVID.
1: No, no trouble Sorry. breathing because that, that was just a, a gift from God that yeah. I just, I just laid there like watching documentaries and I tried reading. My brain just was not about reading. I tried, I tried playing like a puzzle game on my phone. Nope. <laughs> like I, I literally had to play stupid solitaire games and watch movies that I could forget about and not worry about it, you mm-hmm. know? So, but anyway, cause I, my brain was just totally fried. But it was nice because I I literally was like I have I have five more days of this like on the worst day I had five more days of quarantine mm-hmm. and I just thought why like I can be sick right now there's literally nothing I need to do mm-hmm. I thank God for Father Nathan thank God for you know my bishop who knew and and you know told me just take it easy you know the other priest that knew so it was just it was thank thank God for all the people around me that just made it like made made everything kind of go smoothly yeah you know? so
0: anyway yeah. Amen same same oh man huge shout out to my my sister's back at the monastery because yeah. they've picked up like all of the Pustinia work, all of the, especially Sister Petra. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they've they've all been amazing, but um, yeah, they've just taken on a lot of extra work since I'm not there, so.
1: And also, it's our, we should get on the topic, but it's our 50th episode.
0: 50th episode. Fist bump. You and I are very, um, we've talked about this before, but for me, it's like, I feel like the podcast just started like a month ago. It
1: does not feel like 50 at all. Really? No. I mean, I would say it feels like we've been doing this for over a year, which we have not. We're still under a year.
0: But over a year would be more than 52.
1: Oh yeah, no, no, that's what I mean.
0: You think if you feel like it's been a lot more than fifty?
1: No, no, I feel like we've been doing this for over a year, but but produced a lot less than fifty.
0: Oh, I feel, uh-huh. I it was
1: like like the time. Uh-huh. It feels like we've been doing this for two to three years. That's yeah. like, like as far as the length goes. But try, trying to think of like, have we? Have I sat down fifty times? I know that's weird. That you can have one not the other, but that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. I feel like I
0: could see that. Yeah,
1: but we are. Kind of, I guess one year anniversary is going to be June first or second. So Something just a like few that. weeks. Yeah. I don't know. Wow! Well, congratulations on fifty.
0: Yeah, I'm proud of us. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't been like a boot off the stage yet. You know, I'm like, people
1: love us. What are you talking about?
0: I know it's shocking, though. I love us. I was like, I think we're
1: amazing, (laughs) sister. Why are you being falsely humble?
0: Um, I'm. (laughs) Why are you so prideful? Um, the (laughs) this is just, anyways. Um, it was like when I met um. I met someone recently who's like I, I won't say who it was, but but you know who I'm talking about, and he's like like huge in in the music world, right mm. like celebrity yeah. and um and and when I meet him, he just like. Melts and he's like, Sister Natalia, I am such a big fan, and I, um, I just I saw you on the Matt Frad show, and I can't believe I'm meeting you. I'm I I just feel like I'm meeting a celebrity, and I'm like, <laughs> you've been nominated for two Grammys. You've been nominated for two Grammys, and I'm the celebrity. Like this is so bizarre. Um, so it just was very funny.
1: It is it is uh it is cool to see when uh like why I, I, that's what happened with another celebrity that that because of my old podcast mm-hmm. and. And um, I, I, my eparchy wanted me to write an article about this, like this interaction, and so uh, I, I had to kind of explain. I thought it was kind of funny to say, you know, he he literally sought us out, right, because of Catholic stuff. <laughs> anyway, it, it is kind of weird. And then, you, and then you meet your first couple people that you've idolized, and you're like, oh, this is actually really cool because I I knew they were normal people, but I, I kind of didn't suspect they were.
0: Yeah, and you meet like, oh, this
1: is this is really cool. So. Anyway, all right.
0: So happy 50th.
1: This is going to be a short episode anyway, and we've uh we've bantered a while. So um all right, sister. Um and I this is just one a podcast since we are short on time because you got to get to vespers.
0: We'll also excuse your brain fog that's continuing. Huh? because <laughs> you're leading this episode and you probably still have some brain, fro- brain oh, fog oh I do yeah no that's
1: true That's true. I, I, I'm not going to process things as much huh? but but, but one, one of the things this is probably beca- probably because of the brain fog I have fog, three but.
0: drinks with me right now by <laughs> the way
1: but one thing I uh, what's the third?
0: I have my liquid IV oh, uh, okay. and chai tea and seltzer water so
1: slow when you drink things <laughs> we literally bought that down to the beach like three hours ago <laughs> She's still like, oh, I'm about halfway done with this.
0: This is one of the many things we've talked about today, how how very different you
1: and I are. Well, one thing I I thought we were going to be very different about, but I guess (laughs) we're not, is is the topic. Um, So I uh, (laughs) can totally hear that. (laughs) She drank it out of a straw. Um, So so I, this, and this happened even before the brain fog, this happened before COVID. um, But one thing I realized, I absolutely, my, my, desire to be Byzantine Catholic and be a Byzantine Catholic priest came because of the divine liturgy. I mean it was it was the divine liturgy that I experienced when I was 17 years old. That, that, and I said, this is incredible. Like the, the depth of the prayers, the spirituality, the theology in these prayers, the divine liturgy, it really rocked my world. And I, I know that our Lord was just at work because I, I, I said, I wanna, I, this, these are the prayers I want to hear every single week for the rest of my life. Mm. Just the way that, the, and, I mean, the motions and the symbolism, everything about the Byzantine divine liturgy just kind of blew me away. Um, and then, even a seminary, you know what I'm, seminary was amazing, and I, I sat there and I was learning matins and vespers and all night vigils and you know paraclases and panahitas and, and um, all these different services and I just I fell in love with every single one of them but now that i 've been a priest for a while, when i do, and those were all like i wasn 't even a priest yet I was just maybe I was cantering in seminary, but mm-hmm. I was I was serving at the altar before that, so i guess i 've always been quite involved in the liturgy in some tangible way, but it's recently now that I have a second priest here. If, if he's celebrating matins on Sunday morning, it's a struggle. To really pay attention, hmm. if I'm just in the congregation, if I even if I have a book in my hand or not, and I tell people all the time, you know, if, if you're new, don't even pick the book up, like it's going to be too confusing because it's so different. Just listen and pray. But that's a lot harder than I thought it was, hmm. and, and I I will sit there and I will stand in the congregation during Matins, and thank God. Like it takes intentional effort on my part, and I have to say what you the words that the priest is chanting and that you're responding with and the words you're hearing is is words from heaven i mean this is mm-hmm. this is transcendent this experience is amnesis. this experience is, is a participation itself participation in in What's going on in heaven right now? Mm-hmm. Like th- this is this is communal interaction with the divine, with the transcendent, with God Himself. And once I remember that, but I have to intentionally remind myself of that. I have to say, what 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 you are doing right now is the most beautiful thing you could be doing. And if you knew the impact that you were having, your your heart is beating with the body of Christ. Your lungs are breathing with the body of Christ. When you pray these prayers, it is the most important and most beautiful thing you could ever do in this moment. But it's on the surface, it's not there. Like it really takes effort. Um, And so I, I get it. I'm getting it more and more why we have, you know, 120 people at a divine liturgy and six people at matins, you mm. know, and two people at Vespers the night before. Like I, I, I get it. And I think that we need to better educate people on it's, this is not, you're not here for entertainment. You're not here because it feels good. Even though I think our Lord gives us those moments to like get us started in these traditions. Um, But, but even though, even if once I actually intentionally, like think about what I'm saying, what I'm hearing, what I'm praying. As soon as that happens, I'm like on cloud nine. Mm-hmm. I just need to remind myself how beautiful this is because it's not always in the service. I think the devil's there. But as soon as I remind myself how beautiful and how important this liturgy is, Matins, vespers, anything, then all of a sudden my my will is engaged and almost always, I can't guarantee this is always been the case, but almost always when my will is engaged, I find pleasure in it. Like mm-hmm. that's where I see the human part. And I have to, I say, this is this is objectively beautiful. So if I'm not realizing it's beautiful, there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And so I will sit there and, and engage. And so, but I mean, there are times in my weakness where I will, I'll be standing there in Matins and literally I know I don't need to be there. So I'll turn around and I'll walk around the block. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. Like maybe I know that's my ADD and things like that. That's a little bit worse too. But, but there's definitely, I've learned, I, I think it's important for our listeners and everybody to hear that sometimes, oftentimes, we need to remind ourselves of the immensity of what we're doing when we're, especially if we're just in the congregation participating. When I'm celebrating, it's easy. Like, like that, cause I'm totally engaged. I have to stay engaged. and I love that. I think I'm one of the reasons why I'm called to be a celebrant, a priest. But, but yeah, if in the congregation, sometimes, oftentimes for me, it's really hard. And, but I, I, I guess that's just a, a trick of the trade. Like, mm-hmm. and, and if, if, try coming to a liturgy, try to come to Vespers and Matins or some non-Eucharistic liturgy, and just remind yourself of how incredibly beautiful it is that you're here. Focus on the words, listen more intensely, pray more intensely. And sometimes the act of the will has to be engaged in liturgical worship to even begin to appreciate the immense beauty and importance of what we're doing.
0: Yeah, I, um, I'm i totally with you on all of that. Like you, you thought, you know, we've been talking all day about the ways that you and I are just very, very different. Um, <laughs> there are so many ways. Um, and I get why you would have thought that this is something that we're different in, because i like I talk often about my love for liturgy, especially matins, like I always want to go to matins, I always want to you know um but um but that's not actually like I don't always want to go to matins like there there are times when I'm just like I'm tired or I'm bored or I want to choose the easier thing to do or the more entertaining thing to do because i I love these things when i'm when I'm engaged in them, like you're saying, especially like when I'm cantering, I love cantering because cantering, like um, you have to focus um, and, and you have to pay attention to what you're doing. Um, and so it's just, it's just more engaging sort of like, like you're saying for celebrating. Um, but, but it's not entertain entertaining. Yeah. That's for sure. And so sometimes you want to, ch- you want to choose like, you're just like, I want to be entertained right now. Um, and, um, so, so I, I absolutely get that. And I think that, um, I really like what you said about how we need to listen more and, and focus on the words, um, and, and pray more intensely because there's something also about you're saying like, um, even if you have the book, sometimes it's hard. And, um, and how like you tell people like, don't even use a book cause it's so confusing. And like, maybe that's not actually like, maybe that's yeah. actually just really hard. But, um, I think, I think that. You're, you're wrong there a little bit, <laughs> COVID, um, wrong there a little bit in that um, I would still encourage people to maybe not use the book because the thing is that the book can also be a crutch yeah. of like, you're reading along with the words, but you're not taking any of it in. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, it's a way, we do this as kids, right? Like when you're a kid in mass or divine liturgy, it's like you want the book to follow along because then you know like how close you're getting to the end. And there's like, there's something psychological yeah. about it is of like, as you're reading along and you see, you're seeing the progress, like you hit the staple at the middle of the booklet or whatever. Um, and and we still do this as adults. Um, and so like, I can I can sit through an entire service and read all of the words and not remember afterwards anything that I said. Yeah. Um, so, but I think it is about the listening because once you're part part of it, I think is the the reminder that you're saying of of give yourself the reminder of like this is beautiful, this is eternal, this is divine, this is all of those things. Like that's helpful. But I think I for me, what's even more helpful is like. What does the lord want me to to learn right now through these words yeah. Yeah. and through through what's going on around me like the other day i was um I was praying matins on my own because um you were in quarantine and there are no other nuns here and whatever so i'm um I was praying matins on my own and um we're in the feast of mid Pentecost and um there was this this line about like um, mid Pentecost and Jesus being the living water and all of that. And like, it struck me for the first time ever, for some reason that like the, the feast of mid Pentecost, um, in which we, we talk about Jesus, um, um, proclaiming himself as the living water. I'm I'm not using the right um, terminology here, but, um, like Overlaps with the Sunday of the Samaritan woman, yeah. like how has that never struck me before mm-hmm. um but but I just I was actually trying to pay attention to the words yeah. that i'm that I'm reading and like and so then that was this like opened this whole beautiful prayer that I you know of um and i think I think that's part of it as well is like not just. And if if the book and seeing the words is helpful for you in that, like if you're not an auditory learner or something, and so so seeing the words is helpful for you in engaging, yeah. then I'd say use the book. If if the book is helpful for you in like distracting and helping you just like grit your teeth and get through the hour of matins or whatever, yeah. then like maybe the book's not helpful. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, th- I think
1: it's important to try both. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's there's something. This is very Chestertonian, but it, it's something very familiar about knowing a liturgy. And I, I do, and I think I enjoy liturgies more once I know them. Mm-hmm. I know what's coming next. I know what to sing. I don't even need to look at the book. I can just sing, you know, from the heart. Um, and yet there's something, if, if I say this is, this liturgy is living and active like the scriptures are.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and the, the spirit is going to speak to me in this liturgy in a way that he has never before. And I can actually listen for that and say, what, what, what is the spirit speaking? What, what am I hearing? What am I saying? Um, shout out, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking shout out to one of our, our close friends of the podcast, uh, Father Deacon uh, Jonathan Dean. He has a, a blog, I believe it's called The Prayer of St. Ephraim. And one of his blog posts um, is... About not closing your eyes in prayer, and mm-hmm. I—it's—it's a, it's a simple. It's, it's a few years old now, but I remember it, I read reading it and going, like, "This is—it's just such a simple concept that we have mm-hmm. this idea." You know, you see a Norman Rockwell photo of someone of a kid sitting by their bed with their hands, you know, um, in the prayer praying position. They're kneeling down, their eyes are closed, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, "Don't close your eyes in prayer," like as if as if you need to block out the world, like the world, especially in the liturgy. You know what you're looking at is is important. Like when you seeing the other people there, seeing the iconostas, seeing the icon, seeing Mm -hmm. the smoke from the incense. Like you know all these things. That there's a certain you know paying attention, engaging with the world, and and not trying to block it out. And I think that that's the the church provides as best it can. But I know I only because God says it is. But also I know that this is the way it should be. We Mm -hmm. don't want. Our worship to be entertainment. Like if, if it was if it was too easy to like, it wouldn't have the depth it does. If it was, if it was too engaging, it would be banal. It would be boring. You know, it's there, there there's something about, and I think this is also what makes it hard for Byzantines to invite their friends. Mm-hmm. You know, because we do, we wanna, we wanna invite our friends, but we wanna tell them, you might be bored out of your mind. Like, you know, you, you you need to engage with this. This is worthy of your attention. This is worthy, what you're about to experience is worthy uh, of total engagement, of, of the effort put into to listening to the words, speaking the words, tr- being open to perceiving the actions of God himself and the divine engaging with you in your life. Like this is where heaven meets earth. Mm-hmm. This is where God meets man. This is where we encounter Jesus Christ himself and here our soul is saved. Mm-hmm. And And so, but, but, but it's, 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 you know, almost almost like a, a, an acquired taste, if Mm -hmm. you will, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I really like the whole, what you're saying with, with not praying with your eyes closed, um, because that's something, I don't remember if we've talked about this before on the podcast, but that's something actually that I think is important to remember for people who are at, liturgy right specifically liturgy I'm not talking private prayer in your room or I almost said in in yourself that's funny um like liturgy matins vespers divine liturgy the hours these are meant to be communal prayer Mm -hmm. right and so you you specifically said like the the other people the iconostas like these are parts of the prayer this is part of the liturgy part of the worship um And I think it reminds me of what we talked about last week um, when I talked about um, how we can put up blocks to um, not be receptive to the Spirit um, unintentionally. And I think that the same thing can happen here when we have this misconception of communal worship, um, when we think that we need to close our eyes, either metaphorically or literally, to block things out. Mm. Um, Because I love like... You know, for the longest time at Holy Protection in Denver, we didn't have a cry room because it was like um and I loved that about the parish. I loved that it's like, no, the crying babies are part of the community. Yeah. And this is communal worship. And and I understand um I understand that we also, like, in our human weakness, sometimes we need aided in not being distracted, um, and, and I get that. And, and so I don't mean this at all as, like, judgments of places that have cry rooms or something like that, you know? And I also, but I think, actually, I, I think that cry rooms, ideally, we wouldn't have them, ideally. Um, but also, when, when there are cry rooms, I feel like they should be for the sake of the mothers, not for the sake of the other people in the church. Like I, I don't ever want a mother to feel like my child should be removed from the community um, because they're a distraction. And so I would say like open your eyes even to these things, like, like see, metaphorically, with your ears, um, <laughs> see this crying baby as, as a place to encounter Christ. Um, because this is the communal worship and and God has placed you in this community, and um like this is also in some way part of the liturgy, because God is allowing this to happen and and like allow that to be a, a place of encounter even um
1: yeah I, I agree for the most part. I do think though that there's a balance there hmm. the I mean the liturgy is is written to be experienced, and at some point um the, the experience needs to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to have the, now, distractions are distractions, human distractions are human distractions, I, 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 As you know, I'm I'm saying this out of a place of I let kids be kids. Like mm-hmm. I, but I also have ADD. I love screaming kids in church. I think it's amazing. I love kids even being distracting. I love the fact that we have enough repetition in our liturgy, and it, and we do it every week. Where where you're going to get that experience at some mm-hmm. point after days and weeks and years of doing this, like the experience is going to happen. And I agree, 100, percent that babies are and and like like um, smelly people and and weird looking people and all these things are are part of the experience of the liturgy. That that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. Um, I I do think though that we need to we need to work on as a, as a community, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that that those experiences do not cease. We always have crying babies. We always have smelly people. We always have the things that that do pretty objectively distract mm-hmm. from the the ideal liturgy. Those things need to be there because that's what adds real life and the spirit speaks to those things even, you know, absolutely. Um, but I do think there needs to be a, a balance there. I think it's really easy for pastors just to go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's really easy for pastors to say, put them in a cry room. If the if, you're, if you have a kid to make noise, put them in a, a second service mm-hmm. where, where they're not even going to be there. Or don't even bring them to church. Or you no, know, it's just, it's really easy to, and it's really easy to say like, don't ever take the kid out. Don't ever. Like, mm-hmm. just it's that's just that that's kind of the the wimp's way out in mm-hmm. my in my judgmental opinion. But there there is a balance where where we're engaging with God and we're engaging with each other mm-hmm. in the liturgy, and so there always needs to be a little bit of tension. We're never going to be completely comfortable, and the people that are trying to be completely comfortable that just want the liturgy to be for them what they want it to be, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? You if you're completely against kids being kids, you're wrong. Like that's not what liturgy is for. The liturgy is real life. It's engagement with God, with the entire body of Christ. And so there needs to be a little bit of something there. And that's, I guess, to tie it back in like that, that's what the liturgy is worthy of engagement. It's worthy of effort. It's worthy of, of putting the work in to remind ourselves and to really engage. Um, so there, it should not be this passive, you just sit and 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 listen and 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 engage with the the beauty of it. There's mm-hmm. plenty of other opportunities to do that. The liturgy is something that we absolutely engage with. We, you know, heaven is not gonna be just pure hedonism. Heaven is not going to be purely feel good. Heaven is not going to be something that we just we just are are completely entertained and not bored the whole time. Heaven is a place of where we are in in, in a in the perfect way engaged in within the body of Christ Mm -hmm. and the body of Christ is to do the work, the eternal work of worshiping the father Mm -hmm. and, and even the self gift. So there, and, and that, that is what the liturgy is every time. So I think the, the, I guess the whole point of this is saying the liturgy and, and it's, end, it's telos is namely Jesus Christ, and heaven, and at the end of the world, all these things at the second coming of Christ, we engage with every single liturgy. Whenever these things happen, that is, that is worthy of effort and engagement and being human. Saying, "I, I got more bored this time than I did last time." Right there, there are some liturgies where I wanted to go three times more than it was. Mm-hmm. There's liturgies where I, I am, I am, am entertained the whole time. Like mm-hmm. there's there's liturgies where I have to put no effort into it. Um, but when I'm in the congregation, what I've realized, the reason I'm doing this topic is because when I'm in the congregation, it's a lot harder I've realized than when I'm celebrating. It really mm-hmm. is. And so maybe that's just, I need more experience of being in the congregation, whatever that may be. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just, it, it's we should be excited for the adventure and the rest. And again, very Chesertonian, the effort and the rest, the the adventure and the home of every single liturgy and mm. and to say this this has its purpose and is beautiful so let me let me in be intentional about what i'm doing here and then i will be able to i will always be able to receive the grace from it whether i know it or not whether i feel it or not but i will also be able to have the added human benefit uh, of of enjoying this for what it is a tr- perceiving a little bit more the immensity of what i'm what I'm engaged with here.
0: Yeah. I I think that there's something to like going back to the distractions and and the balance. I think that a a significant thing, and and we've talked about this a lot in our monastery because we've realized, um, like there are times that we, we, we really want within our community external silence, um, that just like isn't possible, oh, yeah. and and it's like and and we've talked about how there needs to be this balance of like it's okay to to want the external silence and to work for it, but there also needs to be this point at which you're abandoned to um, I can still like we need to be aiming to to grow in interior silence even when we don't have the exterior yeah. silence, and and so I think that there's something to be said too for for distractions within liturgy is um, and this is part of the work. And the rest is like, um, be willing to, to work on the external distractions, like as a community, as a parish, like having the balance. Um, but, but at the same time being abandoned too, because I guess that's my point is like, if you spend the entire hour of liturgy, just frustrated by the crying baby, yeah, um, then like in some sense, you're putting up the block. Yeah. You're not allowing yourself to encounter the Lord. Like, regardless of whether or not the baby should be taken out. Like, that's not actually even, in, it's yeah. like, you should still be able to encounter Jesus there. In our weakness, um, sometimes we can't. and yeah. and But like, even that, even, even that can be turned into prayer. You know, like, that can become a place of, Jesus, I'm having a really hard time right now with this crying baby. And... Um, and, and what can you tell me right now? And like, maybe then you hear a word in the, like in peace, let us pray to the Lord. And I'm like, you know, and that's the moment. And, and I, I think that there's something there. And I just, so I guess I would, I would encourage people to really start bringing this prayer to liturgy of, um, of like asking the Lord to help you to encounter him in that liturgy through whatever means, through the words that the priest is saying, through the words that you are responding with, through, um, through something on the icon screen, through, and, and not looking to those things as distraction or productivity, but simply an openness to what the Lord has to say and like really try to not put up the blocks. And that's, that's a lot harder said. Um, easier. That's, a, <laughs> that's a lot easier said than done. But um, yeah, because I, I was reminded, you know, of um, like someone recently asked me, cause we have a lot of priests at the, at the monastery because we don't have a chaplain. And so we have to just like have a different priest every weekend. And um, I mean, we have like the same four or five that we rotate or whatever. And someone was like, so, so who like, who, who's your favorite homilist at the monastery? Like, who's the one that you really like to, um, and, and I said, you know, and this, this wasn't a cop out answer. I meant this completely sincerely. I said, I, I really receive, and and it, it took me a few years to get to this place, but I really receive something different from each of the homilists. Like one of the homilists is like, he's a Jesuit. And so he just like, he knows the Greek and he is like, he has very intellectual, um, and well thought out homilies. And like, there's, there's a lot of nourishment there, um, and like one of the homilists is just like, it's very clear that he prays in preparation for his homily. And so I receive something there. One of the homilists is like extremely simple and I learn so much from his simplicity um, and there's a beauty there. And so it's like, we, we, get, we get trapped into thinking that like if the liturgy is not this, this particular way that we want it to be, kind of like you were saying earlier of like the liturgy that we imagine it should be, um, then, then we're kind of like setting ourselves up for disappointment. Like we're not allowing ourselves to be surprised by, by the beauty of encountering the Lord. We're just kind of like, um, it needs to be this way. Otherwise I can't pray.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I, as I know I've said multiple other times, but I want to say it again here because it's just within context. Um, I really think it's important to, to pray in a completely controlled atmosphere during the week, at some point, if not every day, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I know that's tough on parents, and I've said it before. Like, I, I'm not a married man. I'm not a parent, so I don't understand this. But I, I, I really hope that you parents can give your spouse the time, like just to say. You know, I, I can I give you ten minutes? Can I give you twenty minutes? Mm-hmm. Can I take all the kids on a walk around the block? Can I put them all in the car and drive them around the block? Can I give you some time every week or even every day to have a, a, an atmosphere where it's a completely controlled environment where you can pray privately to God with your icons and your incense and your music and your whatever you want, so you're in full control, so that you have that experience of, of, of the perfect atmosphere for prayer, so that when it's most of the time not perfect. You know, I I I'm even a big fan of of you know once a year, why not? Or even more frequently, why not? Why doesn't you know grandma or grandpa or aunt or uncle or some of the parents like take the kids to a different liturgy mm-hmm. or, or to a different church, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that, so that you can have one liturgy where 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 you now you'll probably have screaming kids all around anyway that are even aren't your own, but even that's very different. I mean, sure. uh, parents. I don't think I think a lot of parents ha- have not had the full effect of a liturgy in years mm-hmm. because they're they're taking care of their own kids and that is obviously so incredibly beautiful but I don't think there's anything wrong with saying you know tr- go to a liturgy almost like you're on a business trip you know go to a liturgy where, where you can engage with it as much as possible with the intended experiences happening there um so and I I think there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with with never doing that it's just you, you're gonna you know you're gonna be engaging in a, in a very a very service oriented liturgy, you know, which is, which is great.
0: Yeah. We, we have a, um, we have a couple who comes to the monastery for Pustinia. Shout out to the Metzgers who are just like one of the most incredible families that I know, but um, they do what I, what I've, what I've coined um, the Metzger swap is what I call mm. it. And so they live like, uh, I think they live like an hour and a half or two hours from the monastery, but um, like one of them, Sarah or Thad, like one of them will come on say a Thursday um, Thursday night they'll come on Pustinia for twenty four hours. Friday night the other will bring the kids to the monastery. Nice. All of us have dinner together: the couple, the kids, and us. And then the one who was on Pustinia before yeah. takes the kids home, Beautiful. and then the other one has twenty four hours of Pustinia. Yeah. and it's just like it's just really really yeah. um,
1: that's perfect. I mean, really I, I, and I, I don't I don't think every. I mean, I, I've been very surprised by how many, and it's usually the mom. Mm-hmm. They're just like I don't need that. Mm-hmm. And God bless you for that. You know, they don't, they don't need a time away from the kids. I mean, right. that's I've, I've done couples counseling where, where one of the couples is like, you know, I need my time with the guys or with the girls. The other one's like, no, you can't. Like, 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 like you're you're a parent now. You're married to me. Like you don't get that anymore, mm. and it's, it becomes very obvious that, that the one who's saying you don't get that anymore doesn't, doesn't even want it, it. Yeah. <laughs> right? So you're like, no, no. You need to understand the other person. They they're benefited by this. Like mm-hmm. you might not even want to do that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't you can't that you should not stop your spouse right. from doing that because you don't want it. Like you you don't understand. And the other one might say, I'm trying to give her or him their own time out with the guys or the girls, but they don't want that. Give mm-hmm. them something else. You yep. know, get these give to each other in in those ways, but. I want, before you finish up, I want to give a shout out to this book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a really weird thing I I guess,
1: I guess, to the author of this book. um, I do.
0: I'm excited for you to share about this because I, um, you showed it to me just before we recorded and it's very
1: cool. And I, and, and I think he published this himself. So that's why I want to give a shout out to the author.
0: And hopefully people will be able to find it on Goodreads. I don't know if it's,
1: I have no idea. Oh. I have no idea this, Well, we're going to try
0: is, we're going to try to put it on our yeah. Goodreads. I don't know if it's like something that you can.
1: So this is something called the Divine Liturgy of Saint John Chrysostom in the original Greek with phonetic transliteration, an English translation and interpretation. Edited, written, and compiled by Reverend Proto-Presbyter John Magulius. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. John Magulius um, produced and manufactured under the direction of Double Eel Industries. Anyway, I'm trying to give you let you see this, but um, this 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 is the, the Divine Liturgy in Greek. So it's 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 printed by I believe a Greek Orthodox priest, um, but literally on every so every time you flip a page, there's four columns. The leftmost column is the Divine Liturgy in Greek. In the in in written in Greek. Mm-hmm. Then you have the transliteration, as it said, right next to that. So you have the English transliteration, so you can actually, you know, if you don't understand Greek, you can actually listen and even make the sounds of the Greek liturgy going on in Greek. Then the third column is the uh, the English. Thank you, the English. So then the third column is the English translation of of the Greek that you're probably hearing. And then the fourth column is a running commentary of the divine liturgy. Like mm-hmm. like why, and there's photos, there's drawings, um, there's all this stuff like, here's what's going on and here's why they're doing what they're doing. I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And, and since we... Since we, in our Ruthenian our church, do everything in English, it'd be even easier. All you mm-hmm. need is two columns. All you need is the liturgy in one column, the commentary in the, in the other column. Um, now, now, obviously, you're not. Once you've been doing this a while, you're going to have read the whole commentary. But there's still something for guests if they like, well, that was interesting and I'm on this page now, I just shoot over and I read the commentary. But I, I just think this is a great idea because it, what it does is it it lets people be intentional. It, it, it facilitates or empowers that intentional engagement with the liturgy mm-hmm. because you have the words in front of you, but you also have the reason why they're happening at that place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so anyway, li- little commentaries like that, people ask all the time, you know, Father, why don't you do a teaching liturgy? Like you just, you you stop every five minutes and explain what's going to happen. And I'm like, ah, oh, there's just, I, I, I resist that. Yeah. Um, because I think you can do that before, you can do that during the homily, you can do it again at the end. So there's mm-hmm. certain places where you can do that. Um, I'm, I'm open to maybe another break if it's like, if everybody there is for, is learning so it's not like if, if you, you're not you're you're not being distracted from the liturgy because you already know all of this stuff, but anyway that's I'm probably saying too much there but um, but I, I think that there is any way of facilitating that engagement, but you don't even need that you don't need that I mean the liturgy is whole in itself and if, if people just went in saying because I, I have this issue. When I, when I bring friends to the liturgy, I just want them to be totally impressed. I want them to be as blown away by it as I was the first time. Mm-hmm. I want them to be like, this is incredible, like I was the first time. So um, so I almost, I almost don't trust, as I talked about a couple, a couple episodes ago, I don't trust the liturgy to be what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, let the Spirit speak through this liturgy. But, but I think it could be helpful just to tell the person, don't expect to be entertained. It might happen. It might happen. it did for me, certainly, for a long time. Don't expect to be in entertained but 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 what you're what you're about to engage with is worthy of that engagement, hmm. and it's worthy of you putting the effort in to try to appreciate it for what it actually is. This is worthy of appreciation and engagement, so I encourage you to engage with it and and, and try to find that appreciation that 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 it is worthy of
0: yeah that's that's interesting because I don't even know that I would say. I, I mean, I don't know the, the etymology of the word entertainment, um, but I don't. I don't think that I would even say that I've. Even at the times that I've most loved the liturgy, I wouldn't say that I'm entertained. Hmm. Um, I I would absolutely say that the liturgy has moved me and and the liturgy has engaged me drawn me in but but i i wouldn't say like even at the moments in which i was most in love with the liturgy it's i don't think it's ever been for me entertainment
1: well if if, um, if by entertainment you mean like passive you know uh, observing something without without participation in it hmm. like you know that's why i think Again, that's part of celebrity culture. That's why we get we cry in movies. Mm-hmm. That's why you know because we're we're actually engaged with it in a sure. way that is is more than, even more than entertainment. But mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, there, there are certain times where I, I'm so like please, I just don't want to be anywhere else on a very yeah. human level. Yeah, like I'm having these amazing consolations or words from the Holy Spirit or or thoughts on on the divine, and I don't want to be anywhere else. I don't want this to stop. Mm-hmm. But I think I think you're right. That's really not entertainment. Yeah. That that's more of a that's more of the proper human. Interaction with the the transcendent divine liturgy that's happening.
0: Right, I, yeah, to, I think I think in some sense it's what our heart is aching for every time we are seeking entertainment, like mm-hmm. that deeper engagement and that deeper encounter. Like that's that's what our heart is longing for yeah. when we when we pursue entertainment.
1: Yeah, or I mean, like I realized when I had the brain fog of COVID, I don't want that engagement. Because yep. like you can almost like I, I want to watch. I almost at one point said. Even trying to watch something I've never seen before hurts mm-hmm. my brain yeah so I want to watch something I've seen a million times. thank God I was stealing my brother's Disney plus and I could like watch you know Robin Hood or something
0: you just announced <laughs> that on the podcast I don't
1: think it's stealing i, I, I have you a,
0: literally used the word stealing i
1: was I was being facetious uh-huh. i have I have a I have a login on my brother's Disney plus with my name on it so I'm sure you can have certain logins mm-hmm I don't know how this works. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Disney, you poor widow's mite giving.
0: <laughs> anyway. Anyways, let's-
1: It's about more than I, that.
0: Can I we just, we should move on.
1: <laughs> I think we need to be done. You need to get okay. all on
0: zeroed. Yes. Um, would you like to give a prayer intention since it's your episode? I,
1: um, I, wanna, I want to ask you all to pray for two of my good friends here, Anna Lorena and Steph, who were in a car accident- a uh, week ago and um, I had my own drama going on and uh, I was kind of hoping they were all healed up and put ready to go but I just talked to Anna Lorena today and she's uh, she's still in some pain from the car accident mm-hmm. um, car most likely totaled um, airbags it deployed everything like that so um, just pray for Ana Lorena and Steph um, that they heal quickly and uh, can get on with their life and their careers and all that, that'd
0: mm-hmm. be great. Um, I'm going to ask her prayers. This is kind of one of the cheap ones. It's just what today happens to be the day of recording, not the day of release. Um, today is mother Theodora's birthday. Hey. Hey. The, the, the voice you hear at the beginning. Hello, dear ones. That's yes. mother Theodora. It's her nice. birthday. Are you texting her right now to say happy no, birthday? I love um, again. and then it's also my godson Angelo's baptism anniversary. Um, so Angelo and mother Theodora pray nice. for them.
1: Cool. All right. You ready to wind this up? I'm going to go to sleep. Yes, You're Father, go for a house blessing
0: party. give the blessing.
1: May our Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord direct you more and more in the engagement of your will, in the things that are worthy of that engagement. May he reveal himself in the various liturgies of the church in a way that um, you and me in our, in our weakness, in our distraction will... We'll perceive what we're intended to perceive, we'll receive what we're intended to receive and we'll grow in faith accordingly. May our Lord always help us to have a greater appreciation for the great gift of the liturgy, all the liturgies he's given us and teach us how to participate, engage, to teach, to learn all the various ways that the liturgy and what is happening in heaven and experienced here on earth as well is beneficial to our our souls, even unto bodily salvation. May the Lord bless you and your families, all those you love, and all those you struggle with. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks, Padre. Love you. We love you too, sister. Love you, listeners. Thanks for praying for us. We're praying for you.